Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. What up, what up? Welcome to the show. So we've got to talk about a new term that I learned last night in sports that I've never heard before in my Ooh. entire life. Have you ever heard of something called a quality of life win? No. <laughs> I've never heard of this until Lakers head coach Darvin Ham said it last night. The Lakers debuted their new acquisitions last night, chained up the lineup a little bit. LeBron James was back. Anthony Davis was back. They beat the New Orleans Pelicans, and Darvin Ham called it a quality of win, a quality of life win. And what he meant by that is that it was more than just winning a basketball game as the Lakers head into the All-Star break. But because everyone was smiling so much and was having such a good time that even when the Pelicans made an event, eventual run to try to close the gap of the Lakers led this thing wire to wire and try to make a run, the Lakers were still engaged. Yeah. They were happy. I mean, more and more shots at Russell Westbrook. Like, yeah, this I is mean, never going to end. The, the, we get it. You didn't like <laughs> Russ. You, you okay. hated him. All right, got it. Like, a memo received. You didn't like Russell Westbrook. Meanwhile, it was your fault for the fact he was on the team anyway. But <laughs> Wait, it was LeBron's fault. It was LeBron's fault. But quality of life win, Perloff, is this now a sign of a big turnaround for so, the Lakers? This has been portrayed by some people on TV that I saw today who have a middle initial as a possibly the start of a serious Lakers playoff run. Stephen A. Yeah. was saying that maybe this this could propel the Lakers to a run in the playoffs because they, they certainly look more balanced, more depth with their new lineup. Oh, definitely. It seems like an improvement, but they are currently the number 13 seed. It's yeah. a weird West. They're about six games out of the number four seed. So who knows? Here is the problem, Maggie. Their schedule after the All-Star break is brutal, and they have nowhere to mess around. They have, they come out, they play Golden State. Maybe that's a win. They beat Golden State just recently. Yeah. But then they're at Dallas, at Memphis, and at OKC, who has tortured them of late. So they need to be, they need to win heavily and fast. They're 27 and 32 now. And the reality of the Western Conference right now is I don't see I don't see them necessarily getting out of the play-in. Even if things go well, they're still really, really challenged here. Yeah, I mean, I think things are, are stacked against them. They did look better last night, but how do you even do, like, quality of opponent in this day and age in the NBA? Well, Because you have no idea who's playing from night to night. So, But uh, you know on the road, I mean, everybody, I think a lot of people play their, their players at home. I don't think any of those guys are going to sit out those games. And those are road games. I know, but you still never know. Like, you could be mm. playing Memphis and half the team might not play. It's Two just games because of the, load management and stuff. 
I, I think you could assume after the All-Star break, I think teams are going to start to start to get serious here. That's that's tough. Uh, I think if you look around the league, almost home teams win every game, it seems like. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's because I watch the Sixers every game. They They are basically the 98 Bulls at home and <laughs> they're more like the 2016 Bulls yeah, on the road. Yeah, I was going to say. It's so, a big dichotomy. Yeah, I mean, the Lakers, they have to win and start winning fast. And this team is better. But the other thing, too, is there's they're right now they played 59 games. So that means there's 23 games left. Yep. Are we even sure Anthony Davis is going to be available for all 23 games? I just don't see this all coming together. And today I think there's a little bit of wishful thinking, Darvin Ham with that comment about quality of life. It feels good now going to the All-Star break, but I think the reality is kind of gloomy for the Lakers. Well, I don't want to say gloomy because, as you mentioned, they are only two games out of 10th, and but three and a half out of sixth place. Like two it, games it, out of tenth, but they're right. Portland's right there with them. They're probably they're playing better too. I think. Actually, I'm not sure. Damien is just hitting sixty for shots all over. It's going to be hard. I do like how they played last night and how they look though. Vanderbilt is obviously gives them some defense that they desperately needed. I mean, he wasn't awesome, you know, shooting the ball, but it's fine. Um, that's not what they're expecting from him. And then you did get like the positive D'Angelo Russell, where what I like about Russell when he plays like how he played last night is he has the perfect combination of knowing when to push the offense and then knowing when to run the offense. He's got like a pretty good intuition about that in terms of running the offense. So when he plays like that, it's great. And then you can hide his defense a little bit. And then they had, you know, Hachimura coming off the bench and Schroeder coming off the bench and Reeves coming off the bench and changed it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, is, has Russell had any success in the postseason? I mean, remember, I think that's remember a hard the, no. the Timberwolves played and they won the postseason, the play in tournament. They celebrated like they won the NBA title. Let's say they do get in the play in tournament. Do you know at the 10 seed, Say they get in the ten or nine seed. I mean, Dallas sits in, at number seven in the playoff in the in the tourney. Right. That's a that's a team that could get to the Western. They was in the Western Conference Finals last year. Yep. There's just the West. We don't talk a lot about it because there's so many good teams in the East as well. That's a brutal playoff field. So I I can't feel hopeful about anything really putting together here. Because here's the thing, Maggie. The expectation is not getting the playing tournament. You have LeBron James. You have Anthony Davis. It's still kind of a championship or bust. Mentality. Oh, it? come on. We've let no. that go. Really? I, I, listen, you have LeBron. I guess you always have a chance, but. Any round that you go out in is going to be disappointing, and the LeBron critics are going to come out. There's, you know, you, you do not lower the bar for LeBron James, even at this age. I'm going to be honest. I think the expectations of when a title are higher for your 76ers than they are for wow. the Lakers. And I think. I, I don't think anyone's maybe I, not I think to get not, maybe not to win a championship, no. but to have some success in the playoffs. I think that's why it the conversation has now changed to LeBron and his you know place in history and any other records that he can achieve. Like the Kareem thing was such a big deal because nobody is expecting mm. the Lakers are actually going to vie for a title this year. So this is what we have to celebrate. If you're a LeBron James fan, is just him you know, passing these all-time records and cementing his place in history. I felt a little sea change in the air after last night's win. I felt like hope for actual success this season came back into the picture. Now, of course, I could be misinterpreting this. <laughs> well, and maybe it's hopeful thinking. But I think there were a, a lot of people, and on Twitter too, like, hmm, maybe, maybe something. Because it looked better. It, it looked, looked better. better. So also I think, the Pelicans yeah. without Zion. Yeah, I, I'm fully well aware always without Zion. But this idea that LeBron was just playing for the record – 
he got the record. Now everyone's saying, oh, maybe, maybe they could do something. But I, th- I think it's going to be a tough road for them to get out of the play-in. I'd be really surprised. It's going to be really hard. Well, they all get a, a little bit of rest here because the All-Star break is going to happen this weekend. And I believe LeBron is the only person who has any duties in Salt Lake City of all the Lakers. So everybody should be able to get some rest, too. I think I'm right about that, right? Anthony Davis, I don't think, was named to an alternate or anything like that. Well, yeah, it might no. be skills, guys. Who knows? I don't think so. I think everybody you know, the, gets to take a vacation now. So Reeves is not in the three-point shoot, shooting contest or anything like that? Uh, I don't think so. I think this All-Star game is pretty light on Lakers. We know there's no Lakers in the slam dunk competition. That's because if I stopped a random person on the street and asked them who was in the slam dunk competition, they would not know. This thing is fallen, man. It's a shame, and it's it's not for me or for you. Slam dunk competitions, I think, are more for kids. But beside, can you name who's in the slam dunk competition? Well, I know you because looked. I, I looked. Isn't Kenya Martin Jr.'s in it? I know yeah. that. And Mac McClung's in it, who I yeah. love to Georgetown, and then he transferred somewhere, right? Uh, but he, I don't know. He he's plays not really for your team, but not on really a, on a two way contract. Yeah, but I don't <laughs> think has he played yet. I don't know if he's actually played at all. Uh, Trey Murphy. From the well, I remember when he Falcons. was in the draft. I, I don't remember a single play he's ever had. And Jericho Sims for the Knicks. How many how many Jericho Sims jerseys do you think are at Madison Square Garden on an average night? I've never heard of Jericho Two? Sims. Maybe one. Never heard of Jericho Sims. Has he <laughs> has he been a Nick for long? No. Do you want to know who the judges are? This yes. is interesting. By the way, Mac McClung played for the Delaware Bluecoats this season. That is a sick name, the Delaware Bluecoats. <laughs> I was going to say, where are you going with that? Yeah. What are the Delaware Bluecoats? I, the G-League Sixers team? G League team. Cool. Uh, the judges, Jamal Crawford. How many dunks do you think Jamal Crawford has in his NBA career? Jamal, <laughs> it's just TNT happens to be there. Yeah. Uh, Lisa Leslie, of course, she knows dunking. Carl Malone, terrible dunker. <laughs> I was going to say the most boring dunker of all time. Harold Miner. There you go. He's good. He won the sl- uh, Slam Dunk Championship twice. And Dominique, of course. He's the emeritus. Where's Dr. J? He often judges these things. No Dr. J this year. I put a tweet out about the 88 dunk contest. Yeah. I was just go I tried to find the best field to to have a contrast to what this is. It was Michael Jordan, Dominique Wilkins, Clyde Drexler, and Spud Webb. Amazing. Michael Jordan used to do this thing. And now it's one of the reasons he got now so they get Mac McClung. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, what happened? It's over, is what happened. It's for social media now. It's it, LeBron. He's, his choice to not do it sort of was a, he's a role model for so many players. They said, if LeBron's not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. I mean, why wouldn't John Morant or Zion do it? I, don't, I just don't think they have anything to gain. Well, yeah. first of all, Zion's not healthy. And well, yeah. well, might never be ever again. I have no idea. I've kind of given up on Zion. The play he got hurt was nothing, too. He just stepped on a guy's shoe. It was ridiculous. I just, I, I think I've stopped. Like, all right, if he ever plays again in a meaningful way for an extended period of time, yeah. awesome. But I'm not expecting it. Is that Z- bad? No, I mean, you could be right. I mean, Zion's literally the only person in the NBA I want to watch play right now. There's not a single <laughs> other person who, other than the Sixers, that has any interest in me. He's so interesting. He's so different. Everybody else, you're right, keeps mailing it in. But the NBA is going to pick up after the All-Star break. This is a reset for the league. I saw Adam Silver uh, on Sports Center today, yeah, and he acknowledged the league is not not on fire so far this season. So I think you the All Star, they need football to pass because football is so popular now. Now they can refocus here. So this All Star break, but how are you going to ref- how are you going to get people back in with Jericho Sims in the dunk contest? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, you couldn't even get Julius Randle. At least is like no, he's too tall. I hate tall guys dunking. All right. You need you need to be a short guy who can get up in the air. <laughs> I, 
I, I'm curious if there are the diehard Laker fans like Stu who wore his Lakers hoodie today and has been through the ups and downs and still watches this team even when they're not even close. Stu, you watched last night. Did it make you a believer? Are you back in? Wouldn't say I'm back in in terms of being a title contender. I think they're definitely better than they were uh, before the Russell Westbrook trade. I think uh, this is a team that maybe could squeak in as a play-in team yeah. and, I, mean, I don't know, maybe win a game and get into that, you know, top it, eight. Into the real draw. Yeah, yeah, top eight and then probably lose to uh, Denver or Memphis. But, yeah, they're definitely better than they were, but I think they've just lost too many games and it's too far beyond, you know, reaching like a title contending type of thing. Man, maybe if the trade deadline was like a month ago. Maybe you well, would have had a shot. Or if they traded Westbrook, you know. But it's, I mean, listen, yeah. yeah. These trades are not that. All, it's not Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns. No, which, when are we going to see that? Soon. I mean, he wants to play in the All-Star game. He's not going to. No, he's not going to. But, but he, yeah. He I, was officially announced today, a week after he was traded. Gosh, this, this Westfield. You got Denver, Memphis, the Suns, the Clippers, and the Mavs just sitting there. The Lakers can't beat those teams. <laughs> no, they definitely can't. I love Stu's like, well, maybe they can win and earn the right to get what gentlemen swept by the Nuggets. Amazing. Well, yeah, yeah. The Nuggets have never quite been that great in the playoffs. They had one decent year in the bubble. So, yeah, I mean, we it, you do agree that there's some sort of wishful thinking that LeBron will have something in the playoffs because the league, it's like Jordan's late years. He is such a focal point of the league. Yeah. I think if you're NBA commissioner, Adam Silver, you're going to tell the officials, help out the Lakers. We, <laughs> we, we need them in there. Yeah, that's the kind of thing that's going to inspire a lot of confidence in the league. Uh, people already think it's pretty much rigged. So quality of life win. Yeah. Can this apply to any other sport that we have? Mm. I don't think so. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess if you're a football team who's struggling and having a lot of bad headlines and you win one, then it'd be a quality, it's a quality of life win. So, like, anytime Washington wins, like the Commanders, just to distract from the dumpster oh, I, fire I, that is the ownership. Ah, they were in the playoffs two years ago, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> quality of life win. Never heard that before. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. You got a thought on the Lakers? If you're someone who wants to call it now, you believe, let us know. 855 212 for CBS. Okay, a lot more, including we got to get to this story. Crazy things going on in college football right now and why one blue blood team cannot find an offensive coordinator. This is crazy. This is this is not something we're used to happening. So we'll tell you all the details in just a moment. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff right after this. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. 
You know, we talked in the last segment about the dunk contest. Still, I, I swear I still love it. I'm the only one. I don't care if it's nobody's in it. And when I was a kid, I had a little little rim on my door, and me and my brother held a dunk contest every night. And then <laughs> yeah. we applied pro wrestling moves to each other. <laughs> Maybe that, that you should send that to the NBA. Maybe that would be a, a way to save it. Yeah, <laughs> combine the two. So uh, we're coming up on the NBA All-Star contest. Yeah, I can't see this being super must-watch. I did realize I watched a hockey All-Star game, Maggie. Believe it or not. We, yeah. And it, there was no defense. It dawned on me. All-star games are for kids. They're not targeted. They're not for, They're not for us. So as media members. <laughs> you just found that out? Well, it used to be different. The all-star game used to be a contest in the NBA, but it is no longer. But you know what? Let's be positive. Let's get. Let's be excited for Salt Lake City and get into it. Uh, okay. Uh, we'll try. So we know about athletes and their superstitions, but I don't think we realize, like Perloff did not realize that all-star games are for kids. Uh, we did not realize that Patrick Mahomes was somebody who's so superstitious. But Chad Henney, his backup, who just retired, was on Adam Schefter's podcast, and he spilled the tea on Mahomes' superstition. The details, the superstitions, you know, baseball background. So all these guys, I mean, he has to have a certain thing each and every day. He comes in, he does his work, his notes are written out a certain way. Same pair of underwear, which probably not a lot of people know on game day. He's been wearing it since uh, uh, I've been a part of it. This will definitely be a light and be like, what the hell are you checking my underwear out? But there's, <laughs> there's things that I've seen that nobody else has seen. Turns out Patrick Mahomes is a guy who wears the same pair of underwear on every game day that's on Sunday. So it's funny because there's that commercial. There's a State Farm commercial where the the laundry guy does not wash his jersey, and the kid smells his jersey and passes out. Have you seen this one? So because when you familiar, when yeah. you said that story, it, it dawned on me: Does he wash these underwear between games? Is there any information on so this? So Chad Henney did not have that specific detail, but I feel like it's a big detail. He has to, right? They, I mean, they got super sweaty. Ugh, I mean, I can't imagine not washing your underwear it's one thing to just keep the same pair i kind of understand that that yeah that's not that big yeah a deal. lucky underwear as far as athlete superstitions i feel like that's a normal one maybe maybe he doesn't wash did you hear who was the guy who doesn't wear socks in his cleats i've heard of that it was somebody in the super bowl now i can't remember who it was but someone didn't wear socks so they would take off their cleats cleats and just the foot odor smell would just knock people out. Yeah, you don't want to, you really can't wear shoes without socks because you will destroy those shoes. Oh my fast. God, walking around for 10 minutes without socks on, I feel like you'll destroy your own shoes. Did Mike Tyson not wear socks though? In his, in his boxing. Uh, yeah, and uh, that, when he shoes. did it, that was incredibly tough looking. <laughs> yeah, well, everything he did was yeah, incredibly tough. Looking. He looked like a gladiator, like an old school gladiator. So I, I like that look. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. We'll get to Notre Dame in just a moment. They just made a big hire. Let's get to Chad, who's in Green Bay, is listening on the Odyssey app. What's up, Chad? How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. Before I get into the dunk contest, I have one question. I really want to know the name of the song that you guys always play in the beginning of the second hour. It goes, ooh, la, 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 ooh, oh, that's, that's ooh, la, la by Run the Jewels, Run right? the Jewels, yep. Oh, okay, I've never, I don't think I've ever heard it before. Anyway, I love the beat. But, um, yeah, I want to talk about Vince Carter. That was the last dunk test that I remember that really mattered. What I year was that, about 2000? What, um, yeah, prior around I, there. I remember sitting in a room with a bunch of friends, and, like, every dunk, you know, everybody just went nuts because everyone was better than the next. I just wish, like you guys said, that they still cared and it was like that. 
Listen, Vince was one of the all-time dunkers uh, in the league. Chad, did you're, you're, you're speaking Perloff's language yeah. right now. Vince he is loves my Vince. favorite of all time. Yeah. But there's been a couple, I will say, there's been a couple dunk contest moments since then. Blake Griffin jumping over that Kia was a big deal. Yep. Dwight Howard Dwight Howard was Superman. Superman. I think that's about it, though. not as cool as Vince Carter's. <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh, Zach Levine going head-to-head with the guy who's now on the Nuggets. Help me out. Who used to be on the Magic? Aaron Parker. No, no. What's uh, Aaron Gordon? Aaron Gordon, yeah. That was a great dunk contest. Remember Aaron Gordon uh, jumped and took the ball off the mascots? Yeah. But that see, the, the one thing about Vince, though, Chad, and it's an excellent call. Thank you so much for making it, is Vince is the first person I remember doing the through the legs thing. Right? Who else no, did through no, the no. legs? No, for did, years. Did Dominique do through the legs? Oh, everybody. For I mean, the dunk contest started in the 89. 80s. I know, something. but I don't A lot know. of people did between the legs. That's the one where, in my mind, he's the one who did the through the legs thing. The thing about the dunk contest is that it's really hard to keep coming up with yeah, stuff. Yeah. There's only so much like the uh. human body can do. Although, I remember having this conversation with somebody. Do you think that at some point... We're going to get to a place where the athletes are so good that someone's going to take off from the three-point line and dunk. No. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> it was a conversation I once had with someone at Sports Illustrated. I don't think. Is you anyone... don't think Giannis could take off from before the free throw, from outside the free throw line and dunk? No. I, I mean. He probably could. Because I think it's a, it's not a matter of height. I, mean, I think it's a matter of launch. I mean, has anyone gone farther than Jordan? And it's been a long time. No, but if you were really trying to, if you were yeah, training for it, and athletes people, are getting bigger and stronger and faster. I mean, but nobody, yeah, but nobody's been able to jump like Jordan, though. I don't think. My guys jump like Jordan. No, John Moran can hang like Jordan. He can't jump as far and as high as Jordan. Okay, but like Doctor J, and then that so went Dr. to Jordan, J was about and then a, he was about a foot shorter than Jordan. Then Jordan, but nobody's been able to do it since. Guys have done foul line dunks, but nobody's gotten that high. I don't think. I could be wrong. Has anyone done a foul line dunk? It's really I hard. feel like guys have done that in the dunk contest. Yeah, I th- and I feel like it hasn't worked like Jordan did. Anyway, from the three-point line. Do you think people can jump like Jordan now? Um, I do. Uh, like who? Josh? I think, I think guys Small. can hang I in don't the think... air. I think Kobe could hang in the air. Not like Jordan. Well, after a couple knee surgeries, no. Not, not at any point. And I think Vince and Jordan are the two I've seen most. Maybe I, I, Dominique highlights are like that, but I have no yeah. idea. But, no, no, I think Jordan, and even Vince, as high as he could jump, nobody could stay in the air like Jordan. Hence Air Jordan. Yeah, no, I Hence understand. the movie Air. Thank you. Uh, who's the biggest sleeper now? Uh, ja. Yeah, Ja. Ja gets way yeah, up. Yeah, Ja gets way up. Like, but nothing like, is nothing like Jordan. Jordan spent half of his half of his career playing three feet above the, <laughs> the air. I just watched, by the way, I'm, I'm sounding like one of those old Jordan. I, I watched a clip of his best layups today. His best layups. They're, it's insane. Yeah. He jumps off on one side of the lane. Three guys go up. He fakes them out. Then he fakes, he's still in the air, fakes out another guy, then lands on the other side and flips it over his head. Are you watching these in real speed or in slow-mo? Uh, real speed. I'll show you okay. this clip. There's nobody. See, you need a, a Jordan education. I don't Le- need a Jordan oh, education. Oh, LeBron could probably jump for the foul line, but I don't know if he's ever done that because he's so... He can jump pretty far. The, the LeBron dunks are awesome. They're just powerful. They're powerful. I think of LeBron, I think of a tomahawk dunk. Yeah, but I bet you if he had tried from the foul line, he might have been it because he can jump. Definitely. But not like Jordan. Well, he's how much how heavy how much heavier is he than Jordan? He's probably got LeBron plays at like 280. 250, right? Jordan was like at 225. You see, that's a great question. Athletes are better today, but 
I don't know if they've really improved their vertical, but you can't lift to improve your vertical. I don't know if they're really trained for that. They're trained to be stronger and more pliable. I, I don't know. I have no idea. I Also, now everyone shoots threes. So yeah, I know. Steph Curry, like, nobody even cares. <laughs> no one's going to the rim <laughs> like that. Damian Lillard's at half court, and you have yeah. to start covering them, or you're dead. It's not like a, an efficient shot. <laughs> I mean, a dunk is efficient, but you know, not like a crazy dunk. Yeah, the kids don't even like dunks. They like crossover dribbles and 48-foot shots. Just whatever Luca's doing. Uh, Brian is in Illinois listening to us on 103.9. What's up, Brian? How are you? Well, I'm doing pretty good. How about you guys? We're doing great. What do you have? Well, I was wondering um, if any of you guys can remember uh, with Michael Jordan on the, the foul line dunk on the second one, didn't he kind of like like cock it back, like almost like a double pump too whenever he dunked it? It wasn't just like jump from the foul line and dunk it? I don't remember it exactly. I'm showing – I pulled up a yeah. picture. I, I, I know that famous photo. Do you see how high he is? I do see how high he is. Do you know yeah, who else gets that high? No Nobody? one ever, ever in the history I mean, of the sport. I mean, Giannis is a good dunker. It's just not the same. I'm He's just saying if, if Giannis wanted to try to take off from even before the foul yeah, line, I think he could do it. Just because he's not doing it, I mean, doesn't mean he couldn't. I think Giannis is the guy who might get the closest. Because, yeah, he's like he's seven feet tall. Yeah. Yeah, I How do believe Zion? Giannis could put some uh, jazz yeah. on that one, too. I think so. I mean, I, guys are. Zion's a little heavy. Probably couldn't quite carry it that far. Like, guys aren't hanging like Jordan did, although I do think Ja does. But they're not attempting that same kind of thing that Jordan was attempting. Ja's more straight up and get nine feet over the rim and throw it down. Well, yeah, because he's, like, weaving through traffic. Remember, he's got, like, more points in the paint than most centers. Yeah, no, he's remarkable. Uh, it's going to be hard for him because he's shorter. Yeah, I guess Ja, but also Vince Carter was... There's there's nobody nobody can do the things Vince Carter does. Dude jumped over Frederick Weiss's head <laughs> and straddled him. <laughs> Brian, thanks so much for the phone call. We'll try to remember that. Yeah, Jordan, I mean, I, he did kind of like a little yes. cl- double. Yeah, I'm looking with his at the hand. picture now. Yep. I, I don't understand how he humanly does this. This is does not make any sense. Um Okay, can I get to some Jericho news? Sims cannot do this. <laughs> I don't think so. If Jericho Sims takes off from the three point line of dunks, I'd be amazed. Um Got to get to this because Perloff, it just came across here not too long ago. If anyone's been watching what's been going on with Notre Dame. So Notre Dame, obviously their offense coordinator, Tommy Reese, goes to Alabama to go work with Nick Saban. So they kind of, you know, very publicly had brought in Andy Ludwig from Utah, sort of paraded him around campus, Perloff, Mm -hmm. took him to a Notre Dame hockey game. They put him up on the Jumbotron, like made this whole kind of spectacle about it. But it turns out that Ludwig had a buyout. Yeah. Like a $3 million buyout for his contract at Utah. And either the Notre Dame powers that be didn't understand that that buyout was as big as it was, or they thought that Utah was going to negotiate with them. Anyway, yada, yada, yada. Utah doesn't allow him out of the contract for less than $3 million. Notre Dame balks at that price. And all of a sudden now, no more Andy Ludwig. So here we are sitting in February where Notre Dame doesn't have an offensive coordinator. Well, that changed today. Yeah. Looks like they're planning to elevate Gerard Parker, who was the tight ends coach now to their new offensive coordinator. But this was after a pretty extensive search outside the building. This kind of feels like they're settling. Well, they did. They bring in Colin Klein, who everyone thinks is going to be the former K-State quarterback, who everyone thinks is going to be a head coach. 
Yeah, but this Colin guy. Colin Klein and also Sean Lewis from Colorado. But I, I don't think, of, and maybe I'm wrong, I don't think of Notre Dame as a program that spends big. So I'm not surprised they wouldn't do that. Well, listen, Brian Kelly. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why he left. Yeah, right? because he was getting a much bigger paycheck yeah. in, in the SEC. Or just more money for assistance and stuff. I, I mean. Yeah, but this is a blue blood program. Yeah, but they're not going to bring it. I mean, they got this guy, with, he was an OC at West Virginia. It's not like he doesn't have crazy success. Uh, and I think he had an, another job before that where he also was at Oklahoma State. He's had nothing but success in his career. So he'll be fine. Who was Tommy Reese before he got that job? Same kind of thing. So I don't know. Notre Dame's not Alabama. I feel like they should be able to build within and, and be the kind of program they are. They're not one of these SEC powerhouses going to go and get a former NFL coach to be their OC. Yeah, but, you know, maybe that's where things have to start changing a little bit for Notre Dame, you know? I'm not saying they have to go and get, you know, the Bill O'Brien type or yeah. something like that or, you know, keep going getting Lane Kiffin or whatever, you know, Saban keeps doing. But, I mean, doesn't this kind of tell you something? Like, they have Sam Hartman. You have, you know, a, what ended up being a pretty good year with Marcus Freeman, even though it didn't start out well, but they ended very well. Yeah. And you have a lot of good momentum built up. You have a lot of goodwill. And then you get, because of a contract thing, yeah, like but, you're going to end up not landing on the offense coordinator that you really want? Come on, that's Mickey Mouse. You really thought Notre Dame was going to spend $3 million on an offensive coordinator? How what what in the history think? of Notre Dame would know, make but, you think that? But that's the thing. Like That's where I get where they, Notre Dame fans might be frustrated because they have more money than anyone. Like they, it's not like they can't afford it. If I don't you think really they want this like offensive that. coordinator, you sh- it, it's, uh, like that's just college football now. You've got to spend money, and sometimes – it looks exorbitant. It looks ridiculous to all of us. If Jimbo Fisher, the $90 million buyout, are they thinking about maybe doing it or whatever it was? But that's college football today. And if this that's guy. That's SEC football. That's not all college football. Okay, but Notre Dame <laughs> is in the short list of kind great of. programs. They're right, the, but. They have their own television deal. Yeah, but they've never, they've never really been or tried to even be competitive with SEC. I mean, yeah, I know they made that one title game, right? But. I, I don't know. Yes, if it was Alabama or LSU or Georgia, then you'd spend $3 million on offense coordinator. I just think that you're expecting Notre Dame to be that, and they've never shown that they're going to be something Maybe like I'm that. Maybe I'm desensitized, but like $3 they, million dollars to me for college football. For an offensive coordinator in college football, that's a lot. Okay, it's a lot, but if you think that it's going to really translate to helping your offense, then it's not a lot because what it's going to return for the program is going to be tenfold. So... I mean, Marcus Freeman wasn't an expensive hire either. They hired from within there. Yeah, but that was also, I think, I think they got sort of left kind of in a lurch because they were, I don't think they were expecting Brian Kelly to leave. That sort of happened like in the middle of the night. The other thing, okay, so they didn't get this Utah guy. It's not like, again, Tommy Reese was not like having, at at Alabama, uh, Nick Saban had Brian Dable and then he had Lane Kiffin. I don't think Notre Dame has. Does not have a history of having these high-powered offensive coordinators. And also, honestly, this guy, Kansas State and Utah, those guys are going to be fine. They don't need Notre Dame's offense. Well, here's what I'm thinking. You have a coach in Marcus Freeman who, again, it didn't start well, but it ended well. Now, isn't it the time to show that you have his back and that you are going to throw whatever resources you need to make sure this works? He's stepping into massive shoes trying to fill – the void that Brian Kelly, who was there for more than a decade, don't, if this is the guy that he wants to be his offensive coordinator and it's 3 million, which is not 13 million, it's not 30 million. I think that Notre Dame should give him what he wants. 
show that you're actually going to support this guy in a real way because he's trying to do something that's virtually impossible, which is follow up a coach that people absolutely loved. So to me, I think it looks cheap by them. And But they are cheap. I mean, Marcus <laughs> Freeman obviously gets $7 million. So you're going to have Marcus Freeman there and the OC for $3 million. I That just doesn't feel like Notre Dame to me. And Notre Dame is in South Bend, Indiana. I don't know. What does the location have to do with it? It's just not LSU. It's not Alabama. I, I think that they they have a lot going on for them, but they've never struck me as that kind of program. Unless, I mean, what, that's Maybe why that's Brian Kelly needs left. to change. But does it need to change their Notre Dame? They're, they're probably one of the great academic institutions at the top of college football. Oh, how do dare they, you bring academics do they into need this to conversation? Be, do they need to <laughs> be an SEC, Does it, Notre Dame need to be an SEC team? I think that Notre Dame could use a better offensive coordinator, and it's more about supporting Marcus Freeman and showing you're going to support him for what looks like in college football chump change. Yeah, I mean, this guy they brought in seems like a blue blood. I mean, he has a— They elevated him from the staff. Yeah, but he seems like—I I remember West Virginia's been killing it on offense. I, I saw some of his numbers. He's averaged over 30, 35 points a game as an OC. It's not bad. It's not a bad consolation prize. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227, but it's a consolation prize. Yeah, but who, I mean, come on, it's You're college football. Dame. Look at Alabama's turned through how many offensive coordinators in eight years? I know, but what keeps happening, those guys just keep getting jobs bigger, 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 bigger. Like, right. you know, and that's also, there's there's like no shame in being a one-and-done offensive coordinator at Alabama because I think everyone understands what it is. Right, so Notre Dame, this guy probably kill it, move on get a head coaching job and just bring another one. It's, to me, that does not strike me as any kind of crisis. Mm, I think Notre Dame fans Plus were they, bothered by this. Sam Harbin's like 27 years old. He knows how to run an <laughs> offense. He's going to run his own offense. Mm. 855-212-4227. Got a lot more to do here on the show, including our shot of the day. We also have some great sound from the Kelsey brothers and much, much more. Don't move. We've got more Maggie and Perloff after this CBS Sports Update from Rich Ackerman. Maggie and Perloff hanging out with you. On this Thursday, it's been a lot of fun. Let's get to the Maggie and Perloff shot of the day. He shoots! And the shot of the day is brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos is brought to you by those who drink it. Well, as Perloff said, someone who's been taking his shot for 25 years. (laughs) A story about a lonely Marine waiting for his sweetheart. A retired U.S. Marine in Mexico has spent 27 years waiting for his sweetheart to return. Every Valentine's Day, the 58-year-old Esteban Perez stands on a street corner with flowers, hoping that a woman he met at a nightclub in 1996 will show up. Esteban should not be going to the nightclub with flowers, hoping and praying that Cecilia shows up. Esteban should be wondering, what did he do 25 years ago that made her basically say... No thanks. Maybe it was just the wrong time. So why would now be the right time? <laughs> she thought it over 25 years later. was like, mm. ah, I'll give him another shot. <laughs> Desperation, maybe? Maybe uh, Cecilia doesn't have anything going on. <laughs> maybe she's between uh, husbands or something. There you go. You still think this is romantic. I love someone I, in the chat said he's not waiting there for flat with uh, for her with flowers. He's just selling flowers. <laughs> I thought it was like the movie in Sleepless in Seattle where the guy keeps showing up at the top of the Empire State Building waiting <laughs> for his girlfriend. I got that vibe from it, but yeah. immediately your radar went up and said, no. No, and also a little lazy, right? Like, go find her if you really want to find her. Don't wait for her to show up. 
Now, we got he, Facebook, we've got Twitter, we've got TikTok, we've no. got Snapchat. She's got to be on something. LinkedIn, I mean, go look for her. You're saying finding Cecilia on Tinder is as <laughs> yeah. romantic as waiting for her on a corner with, with flowers? Keep swiping. She might be there one day. Oh, that is so sad. <laughs> on Tinder. Amazing. Uh, Casamigos, of course, and we're so proud to have them as a partner of this show. This is what I really am looking forward to. We're almost close to the weekend here. Casamigos Mint Lemonade. Ooh. Yeah. Blanco Tequila the fresh lemon juice, simple syrup, get some mint leaves. I know it's February. You don't think lemonade, but that gets people in the mood for a party. Oh, that sounds great. There it's actually go. kind of warm today. I know. And I said New York smells like a foot. I think we need something to look forward to after the, all the excitement of Super Bowl weekend. At least we have All-Star Weekend now. Did you see one detail about All-Star Weekend? No. That there is a celebrity who's coming to introduce the starting lineups. No. Who? Anyone want to guess here? I hope it's not Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty so wait, wild. Uh, obviously, D- no, that's yeah, another Will wild Smith. one. Obviously, your DJ Khaled will be in the house somewhere. At I mean, some point, he's he been has been every to All Star game yes. since 2007. Yeah, uh, Drake obviously will be there. Yeah, so, DJ Khaled to show up be like with a new watch. So it's an unexpected celebrity. Uh, he's probably promoting a movie. Give us a hint. I mean, The Rock uh, is at everything. That's Fast and Furious. The Rock? No. Vin Diesel? Yeah. Bruce Willis. <laughs> Vin Diesel. <laughs> I don't quite understand. I don't know why Vin Diesel is going to be here announcing the lineups, but okay. Okay. There you go. I don't know why that was noteworthy to don't, you. Don't you know that... Um, he's Groot, too, but you don't know what that means. He's Groot, too? He's Groot. Oh, I don't know what that means. He's Marvel a Marvel character. Yeah, it's yeah. one of the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. So you know that they do like picking up, they choose sides in the yeah. All-Star game now. And I was listening to a basketball podcast. I like a basketball Illuminati. They said, make sure you you have to look and see who the captains both pick because that's the new super team that's going to form. Yeah. Like the breadcrumbs of the next super team get laid while these all-star festivities happen, right? Famously, Katie and Kyrie kind of, you know, laid the groundwork at the all-star game in Charlotte, I believe, also a little on the Olympic team. But now you can tell, like, LeBron, you know, keeps picking, kept picking Kyrie Irving over and over again. Yeah. You had Kevin Durant pick Devin Booker several times. So what? Uh, who are we watching closely here? Because a lot of those super teamers are getting a bit long in the tooth. Okay, so the new one to watch. Sounds because... like a retirement home <laughs> super team. <laughs> because the new one to watch, apparently LeBron has already done this a few times, is Luka. LeBron keeps oh. picking Luka on his team to try to send him like a a subliminal message, hey, let's play together for real. Oh, God. Can you imagine <laughs> how bad that would look? <laughs> Why? The Luka, because there's a 24-second shot clock and one ball, and the <laughs> ball never leaves Luka hand. I don't know how the Kyrie thing is going to work, too. I know. Kyrie missed the last game with some back tightness. So I watched my Sixers last night, and I yeah. think I figured out basketball. It's nothing matters. No, no th- lead matters. It doesn't matter. That's all true. Yeah. But the team that passes the ball is going to win the NBA title. James Harden has just zero interest in passing the ball. There was about five plays where the 24-second clock started with the ball in his hand, two seconds left, took a bad three-pointer. I, I don't understand. Luka, he doesn't, he's not interested in passing. Kyrie's not interested in passing. LeBron still passes, but not enough. I'm telling you, these these teams are all going to get just railroaded in the playoffs. <laughs> well, they'll play differently in the playoffs. 
Luca is, is zero. Luca is zero threat. Yeah, but he's had success in the playoffs. They haven't made it to the finals yet, but he's made it to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, but th- were they ever really a threat? Well, I mean, I don't know. I know. No. <laughs> uh, let's get to our buddy Josh Allen, uh, who was talking on our other buddy Kyle Brandt's podcast. Was talking about the success of the Kansas City Chiefs and what other teams have to do now to replicate it. If you look at him statistically and what he's been able to do in his first four or five, six years in this league, you know, it's kind of unmatched by anybody. So, um, you know, they're, they're the, the mantra of what you want to be uh, and how you how you need to do it. Because again, they're just constantly in the FC championship game. He's been in three Super Bowls now. Like we got to find ways to, you know, it's a copycat league. So you got to find ways to, to be like them. Well, I mean, if it was only that easy, Josh, I, I'm sure there's a lot of general managers out there that are trying to replicate what the Chiefs do, but there's a couple things there. Number one, Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. So when you start there, it's really hard to replicate. For as good as Allen is and Burrow is, and I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be, or Herbert, or Lamar, Tua, whoever you want to say, Mahomes is a cut above, clearly. So it starts there. Mm. No? Well, I mean, I was saying, if you put Josh Allen with Andy Reid in Kansas City, then Josh Allen's hoisting a Lombardi trophy. Well, maybe you put Josh it's, Allen with Travis Kelsey or well, something like another the, Hall of Famer. I agree with what you're saying. It's the marriage of Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes. It's a whole package. I don't think it's just Mahomes is driving this. You're right. You can't duplicate Mahomes. But, look, he didn't do any of the fancy Mahomes stuff, and their offense scored every time in the second half. Yeah, because he couldn't. So I, I think it's all that together. Do, will you agree at least that it's the Reed-Mahomes combo is unmatchable? Yeah, I think it's the Reed-Mahomes combo. I think you make a case Travis Kelsey could be the best tight end of all time. Sure. So you've got a nice little core there. Before that, you had Tyree Kill, the fastest wide receiver in the entire league. And... I just think it's it's one thing to say you were going to replicate the Chiefs, but I don't see who could really do it. The closest, I guess, might be the Jags because you have Doug Peterson, who mm. was under Andy Reid. I think the Trevor Lawrence is as talented as anybody, but obviously the big turnover at the end of the game against the Chiefs, and that cost him um, I think there's in the a, divisional round. I think there's some similarities with Sean McVay when that's cooking in the Rams. But the Chiefs did all that pre-snap movement and confusing the Eagles. Uh, I think the Rams do a lot of that. I think Kyle Shanahan can get some stuff going. I think it's just an unstoppable offense. It doesn't have to look like the Chiefs. It just has to be unstoppable. So I I think they can replicate that. And at their best, I think Josh Allen was close. You don't think the Bills were really close in that 36-33 or whatever? Yeah, they, they were. But one thing that the Chiefs also have that we don't give them enough credit for, the ability to come back from double-digit deficits. They do it. It, and they make it look good. I mean, they've done it in two Super Bowls yeah. now where they've come back from double digits. They did it very famously against the Houston yeah. Texans a couple of years ago. They also gave up a 21-3 lead to the Bengals. And, and lost the, the game, sure. You're right. I don't know if, yeah. But the, but the ability to play from behind, like you are never out of it, you know? So we're all the great teams these days. The the, the Jags, as you mentioned, the came Bills back with like 20. That. Oh, they can't play from behind? Well, I mean, it's... They're never behind. They're always blowing leads. I know, because they don't have a run game. Um, I, I think it's... Yeah, I, I don't think it's impossible to replicate. I think there's several teams around the league who are who are close. Man, I think it's impossible. But yeah. that's where we're going to have to leave it for today. Thank you to Stu Kovacs, Dynamite Work. Thank you to Connor Green, fantastic. Jarrett Payton, the son of Walter Payton, who joined us to say, hey, it's not the 80s anymore. Put a dome on that stadium. That was awesome. Thank you to the Weedos in the chat, the Purple Drinkers. We'll be back tomorrow to close out the week. 
Have a great one, everyone. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.